Hello lovelies and welcome to the Illuminaire podcast. Jess here, the host of the show and today's episode welcomes the very first guest of 2021, Jessica Brogan. I'm so excited for this episode to hear. In this episode we discuss eating disorders and how it can affect our daily lives and mental health but we also discuss how we can combat the trauma and move forward in love for our bodies. Some of the content you may find triggering, but I hope that it is helpful and supportive to you all. Any reference to resources that are helpful will be tagged on Instagram and mentioned in the details of the episode. The Illuminaire Podcast, battling one stigma at a time. My name is Jessica Brogan. I'm from Limerick City. I'm 29. I have two kids and I am currently in part-time college. So Jess, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it and I'm so excited for this episode to go live. I know that so many people are going to learn so much from it. So to start off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to the place that you're in today? Well, um, when I was 14, I started to suffer with an eating disorder. So back then, um, people weren't really talking about mental health. So I didn't know I actually had a problem. Um, So I grew up in a home with domestic violence. So I kind of wasn't in a position to share how I was feeling. So this went on for years. I suffered with anorexia and bulimia and in complete silence, um, nobody knew. And when I was 24, I fell pregnant with my daughter, Emily, and shockingly, my eating disorder did not affect me in pregnancy. And I think the main reason for that was because it wasn't about me, it was about her. So Mm. after I had her, I actually had a huge relapse and I just couldn't do it anymore. I, I needed to get help. And that's what really started my recovery journey was after having my daughter, I got myself into therapy and the rest is history. So at the moment, you're currently training to be a therapist. Can you elaborate a bit on that? Like what kind of therapist do you hope to be? Yes, I started college last September. Um, I've always wanted, I've always had an interest in psychology. I just didn't have um, the confidence to pursue a course. So I did a level five um, two years ago just to see if my interest was real. And it was, I would leave that class with my mind blown. Um, I started my degree in September I am doing counselling and psychotherapy my plan is to specialise in eating disorders that's the goal my mind might change throughout the four years of the college but that is my goal for now I just want to help people that are suffering get to a, a healthy place like I am today yeah yeah that's amazing and like you've already said that you have suffered with those eating disorders personally so how did you combat that like what what steps did you take when you started your recovery to get better well before I had my daughter I actually went to my doctor and I was literally I was anxiety like I I couldn't speak properly like I couldn't get out what I needed to say so it was pretty much a wasted 50 euro appointment she referred me on to a therapist and 
with my anxiety being so bad, like I just couldn't make that phone call. So her number sat on my bulletin board for two years. <laughs> and <laughs> after I had my daughter, um, and I, she was four months old and, you know, things were getting bad again. And my husband rang that therapist and I remember going in to see her and I genuinely thought I was going to die. I just couldn't believe I was in the situation. Um, like my eating disorder tried to tell me that there was nothing wrong with me. I didn't need help, that I was being overdramatic. And she told me in that first session that um, the first six weeks were going to be the hardest. I would wa- I would not want to come back. I would want to run for the hills, but to keep at it. Um, she was amazing from the get-go. And I just kept going um, week by week. And sooner rather than later, a couple of months in, um, I just started to realise that what my eating disorder was, why I had it, like it wasn't for no reason. It was a coping mechanism for a traumatic um, childhood. And we just started Mm -hmm. to unravel everything. And four years now in July, since I've started my recovery, I'm still in therapy today, not as frequently, but every three weeks, just to keep on top of myself, because I struggled with that for um, 11 years on my own. So obviously it's, it's not going to go away quite easily, but I'm 100% in a better place right now, um, constantly working on myself, constantly healing. You know, the journey is not linear. I've had my relapses, but each one has taught me something new. But it's been the last year has been absolutely amazing. And I've gone from strength to strength in recovery. Has lockdown been hard for you or have you found like that you've been better in lockdown? I struggled mainly with the first one. Um like I know a lot of people who suffer with mental illness uh, routine is key so my routine was obviously highly disrupted with COVID you know I rely a lot on my friends you know I see my friends a lot and when that was taken away I did struggle but I kept going to therapy so I was able to air out everything with my therapist and you know still have that support which was vital um obviously with the third lockdown that we're in right now it's a lot tougher because it's January you know it's quite a depressing month as it is and the weather is crap so yeah I've had my days where I don't want to get out of bed and you know it would be easier just to fall back into old habits but you know I've come way too far to do that and it's this is not forever Mm -hmm. like this will change eventually but as I said it's just keeping the support especially throughout this time that is so important and just excuse my ignorance to eating disorders, but can you tell us what it is exactly to have an eating disorder? Because like you said, like some people might think that they don't have one. Mm-hmm. They might feel that their relationship with food is normal or considered somewhat healthy. But how can we actually identify an eating disorder? I think um, if you think about food all the time, like it's constantly on your mind, like you're thinking about breakfast, lunch, dinner, like what you're not going to have or what is the option with the least calories, um, restricting meals, uh, skipping meals, thinking of certain foods as bad. So labeling food, uh, over exercising to burn off meals that you've eaten, counting calories excessively, um, body checking. So constantly looking in the mirror, you know, pulling at your skin, um, just picking apart yourself on a daily basis, uh, excessive weighing on scales, um, tracking and counting calories is a huge one uh so purging meals Mm -hmm. like with bulimia if you binge eat and then you feel immediately guilty and have to get rid of it so obviously throwing up your food and Mm -hmm. um binge eating to deal with emotions so if you're upset or you're sad you know immediately going to the fridge and just 
gorging on food and then immediately then feeling bad after it like kind of going into like a coma state while doing it like you're not actually realizing that you're intaking so much food you know it's 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 tricky um it can uh, inject itself into your life very quite easily you know some start as a diet it's very innocent and then you know Mm. you start to go down the ladder and suddenly you're not eating breakfast anymore or suddenly you're not eating dinner or you know you're over exercising you know it's it can become a very slippery slope quite quickly for myself I know that I have had toxic relationships with food at different times in my life and I've had moments of hating my body so much that I'd almost either like you said comfort you to try and feel better or only eat very small things like yogurts and cereals and like you said they're labeling foods and picking apart yourself what would you say to someone who is feeling ashamed of their body at the moment and might not recognize that as it's even a very slight eating disorder? How would you advise them to overcome their emotions around their body and food? Well, if it's a situation where it affects your day to day life, then obviously, you know, first port to call would be to go see a GP and possibly be referred on to counselling. But, you know, whenever I'm having a bad day with my body or if I'm feeling insecure, I try to think of the positives. You know, I practice thanking my body for all it's done for me so far. You know, positive affirmations, you know, they do actually work if you do say it to yourself every day. You know, telling myself that I'm beautiful, that I'm strong, you know, more than just a body. You know, I'm a person, I'm a mother, I'm a friend, I'm a wife. You know, I have interests, feelings, Mm. thoughts. I remind myself to rest and move my body in ways that makes me feel good about myself. And so, you know, I'm a huge fan of yoga. Yoga is amazing for connecting with your body. Um, if the feelings, you know, are particularly overwhelming, as I said, and they do interfere with your daily life and you do think that, you know, you are struggling with food or you have some type of disordered eating, it's mm. a situation where it's better late than never, you know, go see your doctor because these things... You, you have a better chance at recovery if you nip them in the bud earlier. For someone then who has identified an eating disorder, so if somebody's struggling at the moment with anorexia or bulimia, what would you say to them? I would say that it does get better and it's probably something that they don't want to hear um, when they're struggling so badly. You know, I thought that I would be like this forever that I would be miserable that you know I would never get help that I wouldn't achieve anything with my life especially um with children you know I didn't think I'd ever have kids that my body was ruined you know it's and that was after 11 years and you know it's never too late it's never too late to get help it's never too late to recover you know um so support is there if you look for it I know it's the hardest thing in the world to recover from but my god is it worth it um I will never look back and you keep referring to support so I'm just wondering Jessica is like the GP and therapist are they like the main protocols or is there any like is there any helplines is there anything different that people can maybe look into or get in touch with well protocol would be the GP first depending on your like severity of your eating disorder obviously if it's if you're in very very bad shape you know you might need inpatient treatment um but in terms of resources uh body wise is a support service for young people and adults with eating disorders um the IACP website is a great place to find a therapist if you're not comfortable going to your doctor and you want to go straight on to a therapist that is a good way a lot of them don't need referrals um you can pick and choose who you want to go see 
Um, as for social media, uh, Dr. Colleen Richman, who is a clinical psychologist and eating disorder specialist, she puts up so many helpful posts and Jennifer Rowland, who is also an eating disorder therapist on Instagram, both very fabulous accounts and who have been very helpful in my own recovery. And just regarding body image, how would you suggest that somebody works towards a better body image? So what steps like did you take to feel good in your own skin? Well, I threw out the scales, first of all, um, weighing, <laughs> weighing yourself uh, multiple times a day does things to your brain that I can't even explain. So if I was to give any important fact there, it would be to throw out the scales. Um, Self-love. Uh, I've been on a journey with this for the last two years. Um, just learning to love myself again especially in recovery you know if especially if you're at you're gaining weight you know throw out your old clothes um the ones that belonged to your sick body you know get comfortable clothes that don't sit tight on your body you know um don't mm -hmm. avoid the mirror you know spend time looking at yourself like how perfect you are as you are um you know, meditation, mindfulness has been huge in my recovery as well. You know, being able to sit in the present moment has been so beneficial for my self-love process. Um, journaling has also been huge. You know, writing out my thoughts, any irrational thoughts that I have about my body, I write them out on paper and, you know, they become rational when I read them. You know, some of them just don't, don't make sense. And I feel not stupid, but, you know, I I hate that I've said it to myself and I guess that leads into self-talk you know watch how you talk to yourself because if your inner dialogue is mean towards yourself then obviously you know you're going to feel quite bad about yourself so self-talk is a huge thing watch mm -hmm. your self-talk and what's like you mentioned self-love there what would be your favorite thing to do for self-love I suppose um I love after a very long day just jumping into the bath you know with a book and really mm -hmm. luxurious bat now like bat salts you know bubbles the whole shebang um but yeah with a good book and you know afterwards then just taking care of my body like moisturizing and then probably doing like a 10 to 20 minute um guided meditation and then if i'm still feeling energetic afterwards you know just get on the mat and do about 10 minutes of yoga and i just feel so refreshed and I feel so good about myself and, you know, my body is moving in a gentle way, not for punishment. And it's just beautiful to see. What resources then other than, I suppose, those girls that you mentioned on those doctors, sorry, that you mentioned on Instagram? Um, would there be any kind of books that you've read that were very helpful in your yes, recovery? Um, there was a book that I was given at a talk um, last March and it's called F .U e dot d um so it's basically a fuck you eating disorder uh, acronym Brilliant. and it's by <laughs> colette murphy and it was a beautiful book and i actually got to hear her speak um at the talk that i was at and she also suffered with an eating disorder and she wrote that book and i remember coming home with that that night reading it and i was absolutely fascinated it was beautiful um, another book I'd recommend is The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. Um, it's all about trauma and how it's stored in the body. And, you know, I know a lot of people that suffer with eating disorders suffer with trauma. So it's a brilliant book to um, mm. explain how your body holds trauma. You know, you might not remember what happened to you, but your body sure does. You know, anxiety, panic attacks, etc. 
those two books I found yeah. very helpful. There's plenty of um, books out there. If you literally just type in eating disorder recovery or any kind of self-help books, like you'll get loads. Um, but those two were probably two of the best books I've ever read. And just what can you add, I suppose, to this chat that's more like, and not to say that our conversation isn't positive because I feel it was positive. You know, we're talking about something that's very real for a lot of people and especially for you as well. So it's positive to talk about these things. But what do you feel maybe that you could add that would lift people's spirits and let them know that there is an upside to all of this? Um, I guess when I was starting out with my eating disorder and it led on for years and years and years like I really did not see any way out I genuinely thought that this was going to be my life forever and that you know I wouldn't um do anything with my life I wouldn't amount to anything you know my self-worth and my confidence was extremely lacking but you know once I made that step and I got myself into therapy and I started to work on myself like so many doors of opportunity opened up for me like I never in a million years thought I would be doing a four-year degree in psychotherapy you know it's my absolute dream to help others mm-hmm. um basically to live a normal life that isn't ruled by numbers and scales and restrictions and rules you know I genuinely thought that that will be my life forever and it's not um the last four years have proven to me that you know we are resilient we are strong and that we truly can overcome anything that we're dealing with with our life if we work hard enough at it and I'm not saying that you know it's a straight journey there is going to be bumps along the way and I've certainly had mine but as I said earlier each bump has been a learning opportunity it was stuff that I needed to work on that I didn't realize at the time um you know my whole life has just completely done a 360 degree turn you know I'm in a loving relationship um I have two kids who are very happy um very loved in a stable home and I'm going after my dreams and you know it's it's never too late you know everyone says that there's this timeline that you have to work off you know I'm 29 I got married for sorry I had my kids first I got married then I went to college so there's no timeline um literally the world is your oyster when you choose to recover yeah, that's amazing. And I love that. I love that story as well. Like, it's never too late. Like, you had your children first, then you got married, and then you went to college. So a lot of people would flip that. Yeah. You have to go to college first, then get married, and then have kids. It's kind of like, but it's. Lo- I love hearing those stories about people doing things differently. Um, so thanks for sharing that. Jess, if you don't mind, I'd, just, I'd love to ask you about your some of your Instagram posts, if that's okay. So I've noticed the Wellness Wednesdays. What inspired you to start? Um, it was there? actually a lockdown project. Project. Um, <laughs> I wanted to do something and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I knew I wanted to talk about mental health and I knew I wanted to have people also talk about their mental health. So I didn't know whether to do a podcast or or whatever it was. Um, and, you know, my life is quite hectic with two young kids. So I kind of couldn't give the time to mm. <clears throat> sort and something out a bit more permanent like a podcast. So I was like, you know what? I'll just make IGTV videos. How hard can it be? And I started off the first couple of them, I think, and then I started to reach out to people that um, I knew on Instagram. And I was like, look, it's completely up to you. If you want to share your story, I would absolutely love to have you on because, you know, mental illness and mental health and wellness, it's so diverse. You know, every person has a story Mm -hmm. that someone can relate to. So that was um, my plan. I wanted people of all different types of backgrounds to come on and chat. And it kind of just took off from there. And 
that's actually what grew my um, my following on Instagram was people sharing their mental health stories and my own um, personal journeys as well. So yeah, it's been it's been amazing. And just another question on your Instagram post. I hope you don't mind me asking you this. Um, I've just seen a couple of photos of you in underwear and like you look so in love, like so happy in those photos, not judgmental whatsoever towards yourself. And I'm just wondering in those images, is that how you felt or did it take a lot for you to take those when images? When I, what was going when I first mind? started taking <laughs> those kind of photos, I just deleted them. I was like, no, there's no way in hell I'd ever put them up. Um, I have had such a love-hate relationship with my body for years upon years. Like I remember being mm-hmm. 15 and like, constantly sucking in my stomach like I think I had a permanent line across my stomach from constantly holding it in and ever since I started the recovery journey and self-love journey I realized that you know I do love my body you know it's given me two beautiful children you know it still works perfectly fine after years of abuse um Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm comfortable in my skin. You know, I gained <clears throat> quite a bit of weight in my recovery. And at the start, it was quite hard and it was hard to watch my body change. But then I embraced it and I realized why I was, you know, gaining the weight that I needed to gain. And I was like, you know, my body is perfectly fine now. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, I want other people to realize mm-hmm. no matter what shape, what size your body is, it's perfect. It's perfect for you. This is a body that, you know, God has chosen for you. Um, you know, mm. it's just so important that we embrace ourselves because as I said, you know, our inner dialogue is so important. And if we're nasty to ourselves, then you know, that's how we're going to feel about ourselves. So yeah, um, it did take a lot of confidence to post those photos, but now it's um it's nothing to me now because I'm so confident in my body. So that's a normal post for me these days, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, they're absolutely beautiful, and like some of the captions on them have really taken me aback. Because I'd be I'd be sitting there looking at someone going, God, these girls are absolutely stunning, like, and I'd love to be able to have that confidence. But then when you actually take the time to read the captions and realise that you've been on a journey and this is you now loving your body, it's just such a beautiful story. So thank you so much for pushing yourself <laughs> to have the confidence to share those kind thank of posts. You. They're amazing. Can you tell us, have you got any projects lined up in the future or anything planned? Well, I hope when COVID comes down, I'll be able to do a lot more um, talks. I did one last year, or sorry, 2000, I don't know what year year it is anymore. Uh, 2000, (laughs) no, it was 2020. Um, Yeah, last year uh, at an eating disorder facility. And it was the first time I ever spoke about my eating disorder to a room full of people. And it was probably one of the most invigorating experiences of my life um it what it's what made me be so honest on my instagram or to keep being honest was to keep sharing my journey but i hope once covid comes down you know i'll be able to do a lot more of that but in the meantime you know i'm pretty busy with college and i work part-time and trying to raise a family so i'm not without things to do at the moment during the pandemic but hopefully once things calm down you know i'll be able to do a lot more things outside of my house <laughs> to do to do it raising um, yeah, yeah. awareness for mental health so I look forward to seeing you doing those things and hopefully I can attend Thank a couple you. of those talks I'm sure they'll be very interesting and just before we finish up Jess can you share your social media details so that people can connect with you and be inspired yeah, uh, by your so journey? as for now I'm just on Instagram so it's Jessica underscore Brogan underscore and that's where I am most of the time 
thanks so much Jess well look it was absolutely fab to talk to you I know that you need to run off now for work and stuff like that so I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation with me I'm sure a lot of people will be absolutely blessed by it and yeah you've been amazing so thank you so much for <laughs> thank being you the first so guest. much for having so me exciting. Jess it was absolutely a pleasure and I'm so honoured to be the first guest of 2021 one good thing to come out with you so far <laughs> <laughs> well look I'm sure I'll have you on again and we can talk deeper into these yes. disorders and really I come back together really looking forward to that and listen thank you again and thank I'll you talk very to you very soon